Hi, and welcome to a quick thought episode of the Teach for the Heart podcast, where you'll get a powerful idea or word of encouragement in a short, to-the-point format. Here we go. Today, we're going to talk about some simple strategies to reduce disruptions in the online classroom, and specifically audio disruptions like students blurting or just background noise. And these ideas come from Kim Pendleton. Thank you so much, Kim, for sharing your expertise and experience with us. So the first thing that you need to do to avoid audio disruptions like students blurting out, forgetting to turn off their mic, things like that, is set up expectations. It's very important to have clear expectations for when you students are and are not allowed to speak. So just like in an you know, an in-person classroom, you need to explicitly teach them when they can speak, when they can't, and how to use the mute button. Not just how to use the the mute button, they probably know that if they've had any experience at all, but also how to use it in effect, meaning when do I unmute myself? When do I mute myself? And it's great to teach this with a poster graphic and then also audibly. So, you know, teach it to them and have something there visually so that it helps cement it in their mind. Um, Simple rule is something like raise your hand for permission to speak, just like we do in a normal classroom, same thing online. Um, And we do actually have a virtual classroom rules list that you can get. If you haven't gotten it yet, you can head to teachfortheheart.com slash virtual, teachfortheheart.com slash virtual, and get your um, rules list for the online classroom. Now, one note about this, Kim says that sometimes students forget to put their virtual hand raise down. Um, You know, virtually students can raise their hand virtually, and sometimes they'll forget about that and it'll still be raised. So you probably want to practice with them and just over the first couple weeks of the school year, be consistent in teaching them to remember to put their hand back down when they've got their question answered or when they no longer have a question. So number one, set up expectations, communicate them clearly, and then follow up consistently so they get used to them. Number two, nip problems in the bud. When a student is continually blurting out, address that right away before it becomes a bad habit. Remind them of the expectations and let them know that they can't be blurting out or talking over others. Now, one great little piece of advice Kim gives is that she says sometimes a student will interrupt another student. So, you know, normally you would, when a student just blurts something else, you would immediately address it. But if student number one is talking and student number two is interrupting them, you don't want to jump in and further interrupt the original student. So instead, you might just mute them. Uh, You might mute that second student so that they're no longer interrupting and then let the first student finish their thought and then address it afterwards. So I thought that was a great nuance. When students continue to push the envelope and continue to be disruptive even though you've reminded them, then it's important to once again, remember this principle is to nip it in the bud. So don't let that continue to go on. Address it individually with that student. And it might be a great idea to send that student and his parents both an email about it and say, hey, this has been a problem. This really this really cannot be a problem. Um, you can use a warning system. Um, we teach how to, we talked all about, all about that. We talked actually more about a lot of these things, how to teach procedures, how to teach procedures, 
how to teach expectations, um, how to use a warning system to curtail uh, disturbances in our back-to-school training. So if you want more details on this, you can head to teachfortheheart.com slash back-to-school training. Um, but once again, uh, the idea is to nip the problem in the bud, wh- whether it's a, d- a discussion, an email, using a warning system, but don't let it become a habit. Help the student break that habit early in the year so it doesn't snowball or become a perpetual problem. All right, so number one, set expectations. Number two, nip problems in the bud. Number three, try to help students avoid noisy backgrounds. So this is a little bit of a different issue, but it's related. Sometimes there's noise in the background at students' homes. And so whenever they unmute themselves, you're not just getting that student's answer, you're getting also a ton of background noise. And this is a little bit challenging because sometimes there's not a lot that the student can do, but many times there is. So it's a great idea to email the parent and explain the situation and ask them if there's any way that they can find them a less noisy place. Maybe they're set up in the middle of the kitchen with everyone around them. And maybe you ask, hey, is there a quiet corner in your basement or their bedroom or you know some other open room that they can go? So in many cases, Kim says in her experience, in many cases, this parent is able to find a better spot. Now, if they can't, they can't. Um, and that that's just the reality, especially this year with um, just maybe there's there's just lots of factors, right? There might be multiple students. There might be younger siblings. Um, so do what you can. Um, if you cannot, if they cannot avoid the noisy background, then it's really important to make sure they know to just have a conversation, an honest conversation with that, this student. Make sure they know to stay muted when they're not talking. Um, but beyond that, let them know that you may end up calling on them less if things are extra noisy. So in other words, if you call on them and you can't even hear their answer because there's so much background noise that day, and this can be a day-to-day thing. Some days might be you know worse than others depending on what's going on in the home. But you can let them know, hey, if it's really noisy in your house one day, I might end up calling on you less because I just can't hear you. Um, but then you can use other nonverbal responses. Um, we actually um, are going to be talking about this in an episode coming up soon. Um, but you can have... You can use the chat box. You can use um, the response emojis. You can have uh, students, you know, give you thumbs up um, in real life or using emojis, um, things like that. And you can talk to that student even if you're not having them talk in class. Um, So you can say, you know, hey, great. I see your answer, Isaiah, in the chat. Great job. You know, you can acknowledge them in that way. But you want to be careful if you're not calling on a student as much because they have a noisier background that you're still including them in other ways ways. I hope you guys found these ideas helpful. I thought they were absolutely amazing, and I hope that they're an encouragement to you. Once again, if you want that virtual classroom rules list, head to teachfortheheart.com slash virtual. And for more help figuring out classroom management online or also in person, head to teachfortheheart.com slash back to school training. Well, thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.